welcome everybody to our daily gun show we'll come to you live every weeknight at midnight eastern and right now we got sick little puppies so uh we got the kennel coughs here and puppies underneath the blanket here so let's see we're starting off pretty much right on time at midnight eastern roy is joining us good evening if anybody else is out there you can uh use the comments to be part of the show Got a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight. We go live every weeknight at midnight Eastern. We're starting episode, or I mean season eight. I don't know what episode this is. Episode 1,477. So let's get into it. We've got the uh, some links in the description of this video that we can uh, recommend that you can check out. I think what I'll do is bring this over to the side here, bring this up on the screen. And we can screen share a little bit here. All right, so here's the uh, video that we're in right here. Here's the comments. Everybody that's showing up live. I'll move the little puppy down underneath here. We can monitor the puppy's sickness. Both the puppies have the kennel cough, even though they both had two different kinds of vaccines for the kennel coughs. I came home and they've now got the kennel coughs. So... Uh, to monitor the uh, petting of the puppy here and we'll uh, monitor the well if anybody else says anything besides right tonight all right going over to the description of the video we've got a uh, couple of different things happening normally I would set these things up at the end of the week to do a weekly wrap-up however there's a lot of stuff going on right now and I wanted to uh, get a Head start on that, so to speak. So we'll be talking about SHOT Show a little bit tonight. Uh, it's the week after SHOT Show 2023. We just had another live conversation this morning with uh, Clover Tech talking about it. We had a uh, conversation in Ghost Tacticals chat talking about it. Uh, Toby was live on the uh, Grace Curley 2A Tuesday segment earlier today. And uh, I think I missed a couple other conversations that happened today. And uh, so we'll, we'll engage that, that a little bit. We can tell puppies. Uh, let's bring this up. He's kind of sneezing, kind of coughing. Not having a great time. Uh, let's see, we're going to have, uh, let's see, we had a chat last night on the Daily Gun Show to uh, bring a bunch of people together who are at SHOT Show, and we'll do that again on Thursday. We'll set that up. Kind of distracted here as I pay attention to the puppy. We uh, can start off today's show then. Uh, I guess we already talked about the SHOT Show here. We're going to recap. Then we got the kennel cough going on. And then the last big topic tonight is the big channel. The YouTube channel got demonetized. So we'll be doing some videos on that situation and uh, um, what that means to a, uh, to a YouTube channel in 2023. Uh, let's see. Then you've got uh, the stuff that's been happening out there or that's been posted that we've been watching. So first off is the uh, four boxes diner. 
has a video about killing the NFA, removing the uh, infringements from 1934. Uh, as far as a strategy for 2023, I don't know if it's a realistic strategy or not, or if it's the uh, best or like the only strategy, but it's a strategy. And uh, he breaks it down. I think that it was a 15 minute, no, 22 minute video, I think, altogether. Okay, just an update. The puppy has decided to sit down and remove the camera. Let me put the puppy back into a little airplane blanket that I've got him in so that he stays warm in there. Super cold here. Also petting him. Uh, let's see. So then we've got the uh, Four Boxes Diner guy had Stephen Holbrook on. Now, this was a 50-minute video, if I remember correctly, so I have not yet watched this one. Uh, nobody's really watching tonight, but if you're listening to this in the future, oh, you know what? My internet's not going to work. You know what I need to do? I think I need to restart everything, so I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'll be back. Okay, now we're back. So I uh, had to restart. I forgot that I did an update to the uh, browser here. I'm using the uh, Firefox browser, and it's a pain. It must be having a lot of issues. So I uh, did a re uh, 
restart of everything. Literally restarted the whole computer and everything. Let's all your uh, background running programs kind of start over again. And when they do something like a browser update, you know, you might as well have everything kind of start fresh. Speaking of starting fresh, people are joining us late. Puppy is having the kennel cough right now, so he's not having the best days. Got him uh, sitting here. Of course, he's still, you know, he's sick, refuses to go to sleep. So he's sitting here listening to me talk to, he thinks I'm talking to him, I think. All right, so uh, going back to the description of the video here, what we'll do is uh, bring this up on the other screen. Get ourselves a uh, screen capture going on. Uh oh, where's he going? Update. He went and sat down. So he's now sitting down. And let's just scoot this blanket back up around you. What do you say, everybody? Also, let's scoot this thing up around him. And he's just kind of doing. Down inside of here. There you go. He's doing pretty good. His nose was snotting before, and it's not snotting so much anymore. So I figure he's getting better. Okay, so going back to the description of this video. So here's the thing. This is lame. It's not that easy to read or whatever. So what we're going to do is, actually, if I grab it from here, um, grab an abbreviated links potentially. So I think I'm going to edit this video and we're going to get the uh, actual description of the video. Copy. And then we'll head over to Substack. dashboard and let's say create a new one or something somewhere come on somewhere it'll say make a new one all right so i got it zoomed in way too much there we go new post yeah, we can paste all that stuff in there. and It'll be a lot easier to read this whole thing. So what episode is this? So I guess I got a weird title going on somewhere, and it's being uh, copied. But now we can go ahead and read a much easier. Actually, no, I should have taken the link to this video and posted it at the beginning of my Substack. 
Otherwise, you get the first video to show up, and that is somebody else's video thumbnail, so that could be misleading and not what it's all about. So we'll put our own video there at the beginning, and now you see the thumbnail becomes the just thumbnail of this video. All right, now instead of looking at the description of this video, what we're looking at is this substack over here. And I'll take this substack and put a link to it over here if you want to go check it out. It's essentially literally the description of this video just on a different platform. And then I'll also well, I'll go in later and put a link in there to this. So what we're talking about tonight, again, kind of restarting here at the 15-minute mark. Let's act like the beginning of this never happened. Let's just act like we're starting right now. Uh, we're going to be talking about SHOT Show a little bit, depending on how many people show up and watch this thing live. We might talk about SHOT Show a lot, right? Then uh, we're going to be talking about kennel cough because both of the puppies right now are suffering from kennel cough. As you can see, puppy number one, the littlest one, is over here sleeping underneath the pile of blankets. The other puppy is not having a good time, also sleeping. Uh, we also got demonetized on the big channel, so that sucks. So we're going to try to use the opportunity to explain what it's like to lose, you know, the ability to do stuff like Super Chats, mostly, because we didn't really get a lot of income from the videos. That's why it's annoying that they would bother to do it. But uh, just, uh, you know, try to make a silver lining out of that lightning strike and uh, uh, show people what it's like to get a channel demonetized. Let's see, so then we get uh, the Four Boxes Diner talking about getting rid of the NFA. Interesting video worth checking out, and I think this is where we got to before. Having uh, Stephen Halbrook, researcher and author, on with the Three Boxes Diner, I guess. I'm looking forward to checking that one out. Now, uh, over at SHOT Show, you had quite a number of things happen, and, and one of them was Craig Deleuze had, this is Craig here, by the way, had a um, mobile rig going. He also had a table set up for interviewing people sort of right at the end of Media Row. And Media Row is like a section of the hallway at the beginning or the front side of SHOT Show, technically on the very north end of SHOT Show. In the big building at the Sands Convention Center, there's sort of a giant hallway, and they take a section of that hallway that's actually not used very often by anybody because it's not really uh, it's out of the way and they uh section that section off you can see it's called media zone or media row and the idea is the media has a quiet section that's accessible and fairly convenient to set up shop and they'll have a i don't know like let's say the size of a small booth for each podcast that gets a spot on media row so Craig Deleuze was set up at the very end of it, right by these doors. So what you end up with is the background of a bunch of people cutting through those doors there. And you get kind of a sampling of the people that are at Chacho Show uh, walking around. But he's interviewing different people. So he interviews Cody from Firearms Policy Coalition, KD from No Other Choice, Lara Smith from the Liberal Gun Club, Tony Simon for the Second is for Everyone, Steve Williford who's uh, going around on a speaking tour for Gun Owners in America from that Texas uh, situation. We got Matt Mallory from Meet the Pressers, Tia from Holster Up, and then John Lott and Holly Sullivan from 
Crime Prevention Research Center. So SHOT Show not being very political or not being very Second Amendment focused, it's awesome to see this Firearms Policy Coalition podcast focusing on and representing a really good section of the Second Amendment stuff that was there. So thanks to the Firearms Policy Coalition for uh, doing that and not necessarily making it a big deal, but also making the Second Amendment presence um, uh, focused on. All right, so going down from there, you had the Liberal Gun Club had a booth set up there, and they were going around and uh, interviewing people. So this is the Liberal Gun Club, Barr Smith talking with Jake from Walk the Talk America at Chacha. Uh, a focus on suicide prevention, mental health awareness, and some of the issues that can be um, championed and supported in order to create awareness about mental health and prevention of suicide. Uh, those efforts uh, are louder than ever and more encompassing than ever. Uh, not quite as loud as they need to be, for sure, but at least uh, not getting quieter by Chacho. See Gizzards out there chatting in live. Thanks for joining. Uh, let's see, then we have going away from SHOT Show, if everyone was okay with that. We get uh, Matt from Gun for Hire, a uh, range just outside of New York City in New, in New Jersey, who uh, was the first one to get a CCW in New Jersey. So uh, I think he had posted some videos on the process and everything. And then this says, um, Matt gets his carry permit, new application and application process part five. So interesting to see the progress and the ordeal of exercising a right in New Jersey and a newly um, opened up ability. Let's see, so uh, Toby from Cape Gunworks had a quick video over on the Cape Gunworks channel talking about some of the items over at the shop. It was always fun to watch because things that are current or on display, you know, don't always stay that way. Also get a glimpse of what the shop looks like and how it's all set up. We've got Sandhills hanging out at the Nebraska Deer and Game Expo. This is from a few days ago, I believe. Uh, a couple of the military podcasts that I follow, I missed while I was at SHOT Show. So I uh, checked out this one from Combat Story, where he's talking to this dude who's a Marine. Pretty good, con uh, pretty good conversation. And then uh, the team house had a couple of good ones. Uh, this is the one from the guy from Vietnam. Uh, pretty fun listen. All right, so that's some of the stuff that I've been listening to or plan to listen to also. And we'll see uh, if anybody's got anything out here. See that G23 is also out there in Anne-Marie. Welcome. So I'm going to go through and... 
What was I going to do with SHOT Show stuff today? Well, I tell you what, I am getting uh, my uh, concentration's getting whaled on, so I'm guessing that means, even though I've been drinking a bunch of coffee, I'm uh, not winning the battle with staying awake. Uh, what was I going to talk about today with the... Uh, with the stuff over there at the place. Nope, that's what's happening. I'm forgetting. So, uh, I did have an idea, but I've been doing some stuff and I didn't write it down. I assumed I would remember, I guess. And it's not happening. All right. Well, with that, I guess we'll uh, start wrapping this one up. If anybody's got any topics or ideas. Uh, I don't think I put anything as a clue out there or any kind of question out there for the show tonight. Yeah. So I'll probably come up with something better tomorrow and actually write the uh, topic into the description of the video or something. Kind of distracted, I guess, with uh, the pups today and doing a couple of projects here. Yeah, damn, I just should have wrote it down. Can't think of it at all. More than likely, I'll remember it as soon as I shut everything down. Uh, since Gizzard's out there, we'll talk about knives for a second. Oh, okay. Emery has a great question. Awesome. Okay. Got a couple of questions coming in. So I'm going to hit the knives thing first. So I got something like just a lot of knife videos at SHOT Show this year. And uh, essentially just horked off of what Gizzard does. And going around and filming those videos, I played with a lot of knives. And it's been a while since I've done that. And not all knives are created different. So I have definitely changed my uh, knife opinions, which knives I like and which knives I don't like anymore. So uh, stay tuned for that on the other channel because, you know, I'm putting it over here on the gun channel. Uh, so I got some good questions there. So the first one to come in was, I guess, G23 saying, how was the kennel? I think they liked it, but uh, um, they got the kennel cough. So I think they enjoyed being there, but they got the kennel cough. So they had to get a normal Bordetella vaccination, which big deal. Like I would normally get my dogs that, but they also wanted a second boarding vaccine which essentially cost me another 15 bucks, so 30 bucks. I was like, all right, I'll do that, you know. 
big deal. So uh, I got them um, two different vaccines, and they still have some sort of a coughing disease. So both of them are coughing. Both of them are sort of miserable, but uh, they're both. Well, Mello's not really eating, but she never eats. I was able to take some food and get her in. I put some of her buffalo food into hot water, and she ate it. But and then she ate a little bit more food. But uh, little dude, he just keeps eating. He don't care. So I don't think they're too bad off. But the thing is, I'm you have to kind of wait a while to see how long the kennel cough keeps going to find out how bad it is. So. Uh, thinking about going to the store and getting them some sort of dog vitamins whatever that is from the i like to go to the places that have horse stuff what they call those the uh track and or no tack tack store you know wherever they have stuff for horses i'll go there and be like hey what do you give to a dog to make them healthy buy some of that and give it to them uh but otherwise i think they like the place I've got video of them getting out of there and how they said they were so good. Then uh, Amory is asking a question. What is a tax stamp? I'm still learning. All right. So don't, I saw you said, uh, sorry. Don't say sorry about asking questions. For one, that's why we go live. At least I go live so that I can address stuff that's interesting to people because otherwise we have to present stuff in a produced video and it's going to be interesting to me but that doesn't make it interesting to anybody else. So thanks for asking the questions. And uh, so as far as the tax stamp, that has to do with the 1934 National Firearms Act. And it said that if you wanted to own certain types of firearms and they created some definitions at a national level. So they created some definitions and said, if you wanna own guns with this definition or that definition, then you have to apply for a stamp, uh, pay a tax, actually, and register the firearm. So when you register the firearm, they issue you this tax stamp. So when you pay the tax on this firearm to register it, they issue you this tax stamp. And that's technically what they do, like literally. So you'll uh, fill out either a Form 1 when you create something. So let's say you decide, I'm gonna build something and it's gonna be uh, a regular pistol for whatever reason. I'm gonna just build a pistol. Well, you can go ahead and do that all day. But if you wanna build a pistol that has a stock on it, now that would be a firearm with a barrel less than 16 inches that's designed to be fired from the shoulder. And that would fit the definition of a short barreled rifle. So in order to build a short barrel rifle, you'd have to create a form one or fill out a form one, send that to the ATF and say, hey, I'm planning to build this, this firearm and it's gonna have this characteristics and that makes it an SBR. And I understand that's gonna cost $200 to be registered. So here's $200, here's the information about it, please. And then they go, okay, let's throw that in a giant pile. And eventually they pay some people. It used to be in West Virginia. I think it might not be in West Virginia anymore, but they essentially hire a bunch of office people, office temps, and they go through and 
essentially rubber stamp. You know, they, they file back, fill, fill out, request, whatever it would be, do a background check on everybody who gets involved with the registration of the gun. And then once they've decided that the person is law-abiding who is uh, creating the firearm, then they issue the stamp and you literally get your form back with a stamp on it. And they're canceled, right? Like they write something on the stamp, if I remember right. So it's just technically an indication that you've paid us tax on an NFA item. Usually when we're talking about guns, that's what a tax stamp is. Now there's a couple of other things that'll get you a stamp, but those are typically not what we're talking about with a tax stamp. Uh, when you're talking about a tax stamp, you've either got a $200 stamp or a $5 stamp. And for whatever dumb reason, short barrel rifles, short barrel shotguns, destructive devices, which are essentially things with big barrels, like big things that are bigger than shotguns, uh, grenade launchers and things like that. Um, and then Pretty much everything except for any other uh, any other weapons, which is a class. Um, most all of them are two hundred dollar taxes, and then those AOWs for whatever reason are only five dollars. Everything else is two hundred. So there's technically two different tax stamps for NFA items: the AOW five dollar one, and then the other. I guess I was saying that you can. Uh, Fill out a Form 1 if you're going to create a firearm from scratch or from a kit or something. And if you're going to buy a firearm from somebody else that's an NFA item, then you would use a Form 4. And that Form 4 would be, this gun exists and I'm transferring it from this person to this person. And when we transfer it, we pay a $200 tax. And the tax, the new tax stamp that you get as the new possessor uh, would be the tax or would be the indication that you paid that transfer tax. Uh, it's a new way to tax us. I don't think it's so much a new way to tax us. I believe it was designed intentional or originally and probably still to be uh, uh, an onerous, is that the right word? Like an annoying step to make owning these guns a pain in the butt and make it cost a lot but also be a process that people didn't want to deal with so they understood that some people were going to deal with it no matter what and that they could make a process almost anything but if they made the process annoying and expensive fewer people would participate so you know with the political agenda they made it super annoying and expensive but what happens is over the years uh, the tax remained the same and inflation changed so now that $200 is less of a financial burden, but it's still every bit as much as a bureaucratic burden and, and, and uh, infringement and a massive barrier to entry. I mean, it creates confusion and cost and uh, keeps people from participating in that whole portion of guns. There's an investment section there that's uh, that keeps out, it keeps people out of the reach of, and then there's just the enjoyment side of it. And who knows what kind of development in technology or sport or even hunting might occur when NFA items are more available and 
available, really. But anyway, again, don't feel sad about, don't feel bad at all about asking questions. That's what this whole show is about. As we get into episode eight here, or I guess season eight of this show, looking for feedback and uh, suggestions on how to go take the show, what directions to take the show. Guys are just saying, look forward to hearing your knife opinions. I know different people like different things. Well, the flippers, I'm more of an, in, I'm a lot more interested in those flippers after fiddling with them. And some of these knives feel like roller skates made out of ball bearings on ice. And other ones, it's like trying to push something made out of a triangle through a round hole. It just doesn't, some of them are just make your fingers hurt. And uh, others make you want to fiddle with them like a fidget spinner. And people, you get people on the registry. Well, remember the guns are on the registry. And then for a long time we had, um, what was it called? Trusts that allowed people to, um, uh, Well, I want to say you just use firearms in a much more interesting way. You could have jointly owned firearms. I mean, you still can, I guess, but you could have jointly owned firearms on a trust and get people way more access to them than having just one firearm per person. Wesley's talking about Rumble. Uh, Rumble's all right, but um, it's not perfect for sure. And, you know, we're on Rumble, same address we are everywhere. Just go over there and uh, type in gun websites, I guess. Uh, my issues with Rumble have to do with uh, the lack of, what's the word, like being able to do stuff over here as far as uh, setting up your channel. But we do have 110 people who found us over here already. And I don't know if it'll tell us how many how do we get to, is this the page? See, the page is kind of lame. So I guess it's just Rumble C on websites. Yeah, Gizzard put in there, thanks. But it's, you know, it's just no frills. Like, you can't type nothing. Is there a way to comment or whatever? So we got AR Guns over there, Clover's over there, Honda's over there, Gabby Franco, Gizzard, of course. Let's keep Gizzard's his channel. I don't know how much Gizzard is using it. Nine hours ago? Well, he's using it. Uh, Makojo's over there. He's still Makojo. Tara Smith. Artak and Daughters over there. Grace Curley. Cape Gunworks is over there. Unloaded Media. Zeke Shoots. So let's see. If we went to somebody like Gizzard... And then, see, so you can't go to the Gizzard's followers, I don't think. See, I can't. So it's just not as full-featured as some of the other ones. Let's say we went to CloverTax, 122. Still can't click on anything. How's that guy got 122? My channels. How's Clover got more numbers over there? That's messed up. 
but with a hundred followers over there you got two thumbs up on most of the videos so not a ton of engagement over there because they're just saying he has his content being ported over so it just kind of automatically goes over there I don't got nothing against it. It's just that it's a tiny little platform that's just starting out. And there's been a lot of those over the years. I'm on all of them. So it's not like I'm not supporting them. But it's really tough to know if they're going to go further than, you know, others, I guess. And a couple of them have really had some good luck, you know, for a while. All right. So, getting back to the knife thing, uh, lots of different blade stuff, but not a ton of crazy blade shapes. There was a lot of uh, pocket stuff that I was, at least I was paying attention to the pocket knives, the stuff that uh, had flippers mostly. And I was limited to exclusively knives I could just fiddle with. I didn't go to anybody who had their knives in a case or under glass or that I had to do anything. I could just, it was all the companies where I could just walk up and start fiddling with them and nobody cared. So that limited to Buck, Elmar, Gerber, We, Savidi, and then more. I can't remember them all. Did I already say Case? And then more than that, some stuff downstairs. And I shouldn't say completely, because I did take a look at a bunch of fillet knives and some made new in USA stuff downstairs. Uh, let's see, guys are just saying Gunstreamer did really well for a couple of years and then pretty much gave up. Yeah, I mean, they had their own situation, I guess, their personal thing and and it's tough, you know, I wish they would have figured out a money thing so that they could have continued because, you know, I think they have more potential than literally anything else out there. Um, that UTG in Utah, no, UGE, Utah Gun Exchange, um, you know, I think they had a ton, they still have a ton of potential over there. I'd like to see that thing take off. These places need a staff, I think, to just... You know, help keep the thing going. Um, I click on that. Another question. So I was having a debate with my spouse about my first EDC. One a Glock. They suggested a revolver because they said Glocks can jam. Any thoughts on a revolver versus a Glock? All right. So this is controversial. So uh, it's a great question and it happens all, it, it's a question that comes up a lot. I'm gonna put the puppy up on the screen because it's gonna get a lot of people triggered. And uh, sometimes the, a little sick puppy who's sad, he's got the sniffles, he'll sneeze sometimes. If I touch him too much, he might cough because he's got the kennel cough right now. But uh, hopefully this will calm the people's jets who are about to hear things that's gonna hurt them. So, I don't get paid by anybody who owns any kind of company or has any kind of training company. And uh, 
I'm not a trainer. I, I guess I technically have credentials somewhere, but I don't do any of that. Um, I have a training credentials because I could, not because I had any interest in pursuing it, but I could, I traded for it. I got the credentials for free, essentially. So, um, and it was curious. I was interested to see, you know, what all that was like. But um, no, I'm okay with answering it. It's just that you're going to get an honest answer from me and not an answer that's um, going to be influenced by some kind of, um, what's the word? Like some kind of training paradigm. Is that the right word? Like some kind of training situations. People really get touchy when they talk about firearms training. There's definitely schools of firearms training. The same way that if you think about martial arts or something, that you're going to get like people that like Taekwondo and people that like karate and people that like jujitsu or something. And they're going to tell you, oh, my grappling is so much better than your other thing. Right. Because on the mat, like it always wins, except nobody's got a knife on the mat. And if you go around grabbing everybody and wrestling with them, you get stabbed all the time. So in reality, there is no perfect martial art. Right. So it's the same thing with with firearms training. If you get, I'm just use the example of if you get somebody who came from the sporting, the competition sports, they're going to think speed and accuracy is a big deal. And then if you get somebody who comes from reality, like let's say police or something like an actual hands-on drug enforcement or interdiction or something somebody who's actually going out and using firearms on a daily basis they're going to have a whole different opinion of firearms training and then you get somebody who trains people they're going to have a whole different idea they don't necessarily use a gun ever they just train everybody constantly so all these people are going to come to training in a different way and they're not going to none of them are going to be wrong or whatever but they're all going to have these ideas and none of them will really give much to that they don't they, they don't give much credit to that aspect that they're all wrong they're all right but they're all wrong right so that's one part of it is you're going to get a bunch of training people who are going to answer this question in some kind of ninja level and i don't got a problem with that like you got to think about the worst case scenario and that's part of my answer the worst case scenario so you got your potential scenario you got your worst case scenario and then you got people who just, I don't know, they either have an affiliation with something, like they're getting paid to sell you of something or is better than another, or they bought something and they're afraid to be wrong. So they're not going to ever say that whatever they bought was wrong. So you got to buy a revolver. If you they bought this brand, you got to buy that brand. So I'm not into any of that. I haven't bought a gun in forever. Nobody's paying me to tell you any kind of gun to buy. Uh, I'm all about different kinds of training. I think they're all wrong and I think they're all right. So, you know, I'm not like caught up in any kind of one way to train. So here's my answer. Um, first off, EDC is your knife and your wallet and your keys. So that's your everyday carry. Your CCW or your LDC or whatever it's called in your state, that's your gun. So that's going to be up to you. Um, but it's a great question. You want to, 
you want a Glock. They suggested a revolver because Glocks can jam. Well, I guess anything can have a malfunction. I carry a revolver, though. I own Glocks and stuff, but I carry a revolver. I can carry. I can show my revolver now because I can't be monetized because they took away my monetization. But um, uh, revolvers work when you are on the ground and somebody's on top of you and you can barely get your gun. You got to use your gun through your pocket. Like they work all the time. They're the dagger of guns. So when we're talking a get off of me or a leave me alone or uh that kind of gun you you want the dagger not the sword you're not like looking to have some kind of oh well maybe i do need to have a shot that's 35 yards away or maybe i do need 70 rounds of this or that there's times when you do that stuff and that's when you put a different gun on or a second gun on um so as far as the glock i get you like i wouldn't mind recommending a Glock 19 to anybody that's the middle size uh, nine millimeter Glock. It's a great gun. Get one of them for sure. Period. Like buy one carrying it. You know, okay. Carry it. It's not bad. It's not huge. It's not little. It doesn't matter what size you are. Like the Glock 19 is going to be a decent size gun and it's capable. It can do anything. It's super good gun, but it can malfunction because any semi-auto can malfunction by going out of battery so again if you're most of the time people and realize they're having a fight when they're in the fight or they wake up from being clobbered and they realize that they need to get people off of them or something like who knows right you, when you're in a bad situation as you realize you're in the bad situation you've waited too long and now that situation got really bad that's when that's when semi-autos don't work when you got 14 people you know messing with you from 21 feet away semi-autos are awesome but that isn't really reality but <coughs> got a coughing fit um you can carry your revolver all the time, period. I carry this revolver all the time, period. It's just always there. Big, comfortable grip. Uh, you know, I'd shoot this thing back when I shot all the time. You could just always pull it out and shoot it. You can almost always carry a semi-auto, but you can always carry a revolver. Um, you know, which ones are going to work? in both hands, which ones are gonna work with one hand. Like I really like revolvers. So they're not perfect and they're not like, you know, you're gonna do everything in the world with it. Back in the day they did though. So they are capable. And if you look at them compared to something like, you know, some kind of black powder thing or some kind of single action Derringer, they're like you know, Cadillacs, but um, you got to also, I don't ever pay attention to people who don't get their guns dirty, who don't get their guns dusty and like keep them in their pockets and stuff because they're just treating them too fancy. And in reality, Murphy's Law, right? Like in reality, the best laid plans 
don't happen. Uh, as far as revolvers, then, I go with, I think you're asking which kind is this one. This one is a uh, LCR, so a Ruger in uh, double action. Uh, this one's in 357, but you can get them in different calibers, 38. I think they make them in 32 even, and then 22 Magnum. But uh, you got uh, a pretty comfortable grip, uh, pretty smooth, so it's easy to pull in and out of the pocket. This is in a Safari Land holster, which is a Kydex with a suede on the outside. But um, I'd say a double action, meaning no hammer on it. And uh, it's not made for target shooting. You can target shoot with it, I guess. I do. I have shot it a bunch, but uh, um, it's not something that you would go to the store and think, oh, I want to go target shooting on the weekends. I'm going to buy that gun. That's just for... I mean, it's really for carrying around. And then, I mean, it technically has sights on it and stuff. But uh, it's a polymer one, so it's got uh, polymer and metal. And I think that takes away some of the recoil. It's been a long time since I've been doing any comparisons with it. But uh, some of the small revolvers, the difficulty is they are like catching a baseball bat or a tire iron. They are not fun to shoot. And that's why a lot of people say girls can't shoot them. Oh, girls have too delicate a wrist. They can't shoot a 38 revolver. Oh, girls are too tender. Like they, they can't handle doing anything difficult. So bullshit. Because our grandmas all grew up shooting those things. They uh, went through World War II shooting them at Nazis and stuff and winning. So the idea that a girl can't shoot a revolver is crazy. Um, girls can rack slides and stuff, but that doesn't matter. Slides still get jammed up all the time. The thing is that nobody ever shoots their guns, ever. So, you know what I mean? Like, there's potentially all these situations where firearms are used to prevent crime, but 99% of those are brandishing, and it doesn't matter what it is. It's the confidence of the firearm being the great equalizer that allows the would-be victim to stand up to the criminal and then that is what makes the criminal run away so the gun was an integral part of that but the operation of the gun wasn't a factor and that's the reality so carrying it around is the big thing having the state of mind or whatever the mindset is really the big thing being willing and able to bring that thing into play is the big thing but all the nuance and all the like war gaming and strategy is marketing and bs so find what you like what you dig and buy it realizing that i mean you never bought one pair of shoes and went okay this is the only pair of shoes i'm ever buying well, i might replace it with another pair of shoes when they wear out but this is the only pair of shoes i'm ever buying that didn't happen you bought a vehicle probably you weren't like, okay, this is the only vehicle I'm ever buying. More than likely, you bought another one or a different one for different things. You may have think of anything that you, you know, oh, I like eating this kind of pizza. I'm never going to buy another kind of pizza again. It just doesn't happen. So if you think you're going to buy a gun and go, okay, this is the only kind of gun I'm buying again, it's just not the fact. It's just not the way we are in the United States. So whatever it is you buy, you're going to be buying another one. So the real question is, which gun should I buy first? And I'm going to still say a revolver, a small uh, 
J-frame-ish size revolver. Now Colt has a, well, not even Colt makes small guns, so I don't think Colt's even an issue. But uh, when you're talking small guns like this, Colt goes kind of have to, what, pull backwards on a Colt, and it just doesn't make any sense to have to pull backwards. Most people have to readjust their hands. Ruger is you push a button. Most people don't have to readjust their hands to push the button. This is to drop the cylinder out, right? And then uh, Smith & Wesson's you push forward, which is genius. So almost nobody has to readjust their hands. So for some brands, you're going to have to readjust your hands in order to open the cylinder. And that's just ridiculous. So that's one thing that I look at is one that you're going to be pushing forward. And then, I don't know, the rest of it is just going to be whether or not you believe the hype about the brand, I would recommend, I don't know, there's, there's nothing, you're never going to win with brand. So you're never, like I said, this is a super controversial subject, but I'm going to say buy a used, I guess, if price is no object, go buy a brand new Smith & Wesson uh, or a Ruger like this. But if price is an issue, then go buy a used Smith & Wesson and then start from there and then once you're comfortable carrying around a ruger or sorry a revolver in your pocket then everything else is easy from there but then get that 19 and start carrying it around and then you're going to go this is way too big unless you're huge then you know i shouldn't say huge unless you're a larger person if you're a larger person then a 19 might be kind of small but most people i think are going to think a 19 in 2023 is too big to carry because they make so many smaller guns. So you're probably going to get a 19 and then go, all right, need something smaller. I can't give you any advice there because I don't like anything smaller unless you get into a 380 or something cool. Um, but then now you get to go on a, a wonderful adventure of tiny nine millimeters, essentially. Or you're going to get that 19 and go, you know what? This gun is nice, but I want more gun than this. And then you can experience 45 ACP. I'm assuming you've never shot these things before. But uh, once you start carrying around a 45 ACP, you know what I mean? That's like being a lion or some kind of Tyrannosaurus Rex or something. You're no longer afraid of lesser animals because you can stop world wars if necessary. There's just... Nothing bothers you because nothing can bother you once you turn around 45. See, so now you're going to get the Taurus, the Taurus lovers. I don't have a problem with Taurus, but I also don't love Taurus. Uh, let's see. I have two cords of wood myself today. This grandma has thick skin. I know. Um... So basically, though, you're going to get a lot of people because for a long, long time, ladies would get a revolver and then people would say, why don't you give a lady a semi-auto? Because all the semi-autos suck. They were like Colt 1911s. And then giving a lady a Colt 1911 was dumb. Like there was there was better guns. And then the smaller knights, the smaller semi-autos were either really expensive German guns and they just weren't here because they didn't sell them here that often. Not that many people had them. Or they were communist. 
Okay. And if they were communists, like you wouldn't want to give your grandma something that was all sharp and would cut her. You know, they're, they're crude. So then you fast forward to 2000, I don't know, 2000 mid teens or something. And there's like a billion guns out there. And everybody's like, oh, why didn't you used to recommend semi-autos to ladies? Because they didn't exist until five years ago. And there was no ladies carrying them. So nowadays, you're going to get lots of ladies that want to carry around little semi-autos. But again, nobody gets into fights and nobody gets into gunfights for sure. And nobody's taking a look at bad gunfights. They only look at the ones that the people can walk away victorious from. So when you look at the, uh, the real gunfights, you start seeing guns out of battery and stuff. So. I don't know, not the biggest fan of semi-autos when you're talking, pulling them from concealed carry and, you know, all kinds of different situations, but. Crump is out there. Good evening. I haven't seen Crump around for a while. Uh, was there any other questions besides that one? I kind of went off on that one for a bit. I know that Crump uses, this John Crump, he uses um, locals and mines, I believe. So I'm going to go over and take a look at locals. No, mines is the one I'm thinking of. This one from Rod from Tusk. Tom Rich, Sanctuary Counties. Looks like Mines is having some sort of a Mines Fest. to mines and try clicking on this. Okay, I guess this is how you link to it. T23 is taking a snooze. Good evening. Hope you're feeling better. Oh, I guess I'm not even showing the screen over here. I'm going back to showing the screen. Put the puppy in the bottom. So that's the mines I just linked over to. Uh, I think I was showing over here that we got Rob from Tusk. There was some stuff from Flying Rich and from Sanctuary Counties. I don't know how to find other people over there. And then over on Locals, Is that the one that comes on more? One of them you click over here. Right, I'll sign in. Yeah, 
locals, you've got a list over here. Yeah, there's come. So I'm probably going to be posting some more stuff over here now that I've got kind of the slap from YouTube for, I don't know what, probably doing something back in the day because I haven't really done anything with videos lately. But uh, it's always a reality check when uh, they yank a permission or yank a community strike or whatever they call it on you. So... Uh, Go check out some of these other platforms and see how they are. Check the viability of them and the usefulness of them, effectiveness, I guess, of them. All right, well, we brought this one out to be an hour. I still feel like I had something else to talk about with SHOT Show tonight that we hadn't really addressed on the other shows. That was the whole point. And something that um, I don't think it was worth bringing a bunch of people in to chat about because it's probably something uh, from, uh, man, was it something with the phones? Man, it might have been something with the phones. Anyway, I did have something. I'll probably think of it five minutes after I end the show here tonight. But uh, I already have a couple of yawns in and... We've hit the hour mark, so I do appreciate uh, Anne and Marie for dropping some questions in there. Ada Crump, Wesley, G23, for joining us tonight. Gizzard was out there as well. And I feel like Roy was out there. I want to thank everybody who's been purchasing stuff over at the Gear website store over the last week or so. Definitely a lot of stuff going out with the Free Patch Friday stuff. Uh, we'll be relying, relying on the store even more than in the past. We are planning on having some new things over at the store. Uh, so it'll be more of an actual store. We've chatted with some people over at SHOT Show. It's always fun to do, but, you know, as the store gets larger and does its thing, um, we might actually, uh, or I am going to be bringing some things in. We'll see. It's surprisingly low minimum orders sometimes. I guess it has something to do with the... Uh, nature of the way things can be shipped and um, purchased nowadays. You don't need to do, back in the old days, if you wanted to buy something wholesale, you'd have to buy, you know, like a hundred of them or $100,000 of them or something. Now you can, there's some places you can hook up to get uh, reseller things or to grab stuff at a good price by buying just a couple. So we might be trying some experiments over at the store. We'll be mentioning that on this show for sure. Let's see. I appreciate everything. I need to take my out and go to bed. Hopefully the puppies feel better. You know, listen, the, the show, thank you for that. The If you've been listening, he may have sneezed a couple of times during the show. But, uh, you know, it's hard to gauge. Maybe I should start making little tick marks on a piece of paper or something. But he hasn't had like a coughing fit and I noticed that, you know, when I pick them up and put them down, that's when it happens more than anything. So I'm sure it's, uh, or I'm thinking it's in passing or at the end of his infection or whatever it is. But the uh, according to the internet, 
it's not uncommon for them to uh, get a coughing um, infection from boarding with other dogs. And they were certainly in a, I don't know what you call that, like a uh, environment where a bunch of dogs were near each other using common areas and stuff. So uh, I haven't had to deal with it before, but uh, maybe I was just lucky. But anyhow, it, I, uh, like I said, it feels like, or it seems like the uh, frequency is getting to be less and less. Of course, I say that, and now he's going to have a fit. So it was kind of like a gag, not not much different than when he's uh, chewing too much grass outside and he just coughs it up. He likes to do that. But what's happening now is he uh, stands there looking like he's choking on a piece of grass or something, and then a snot comes out his nose, a little bugger, and I wipe that off. Or I guess you're seeing, or you're kind of seeing what I'm doing. And he kind of sits there breathing with his mouth open all the time now because he can't breathe out of his nose, I guess. But except for that little bit of sneezing, his uh, coughing, he hasn't been coughing much at all. Now, if I pick him up and hold him, then he'll cough more. Probably saying the debt said the dog influenza is very bad this year. You can get a humidifier if he does. Because they're just saying he came home from SHOT Show and got sick. I had a weirdness where you can see some blood on him where I sneezed. I had like a bloody nose, I suspect. But I think it was more from, uh, I don't know, the dryness or whatever. I had like just a runny nose and I kept it blowing my nose. And then one day, I remember, I must have been after I was here. So Saturday or Sunday, I... Uh, blew my nose and it was had like a Kleenex full of blood. What the hell? And then five, ten minutes later, blew my nose again. It was back to normal, just being snot. So I did get some on him when that happened. But uh, aside from that, I don't think I'm sick. But I think that was more of a dry air. Maybe smoking cigarettes after years of not smoking. Do cigarettes make your lungs turn bloody? I think so. But sorry to hear that. It sounds like uh, a couple of people got sick when they got home. Let's say I've been advised to isolate at home. Oh, that's too bad. That's what we're doing with this guy, though. I kind of want to take him out walking, but I also don't want him to over overexert his lungs too much. He's only got little baby lungs, little tiny, baby tiny lungs. I figure his lungs must be about this size inside of there. All right, well, he's giving me the cold shoulder, and then I'm going to take that as a cue to end this thing. There's Hillbilly up. Good evening. So thanks again. 
uh, for joining us for the live portion. Billy up, you just missed the end here. Or I guess you got here just for the end, but uh, thanks for joining in. We'll uh, throw another uh, thank you to uh, FOSS for making this cool gear websites uh, promo that we've been using. Stay tuned for better intros and outros as I have some time to dig into the software. We'll probably do that live as a workshop over on the gear channel. So uh, sorry the dog's being so rude, but he's sick. He's now saying goodbye to everybody, and we'll be back to pick you up later. Thank you.